Hi, welcome to Control Intelligence, a control design podcast that goes deep inside the automation and technology that machine builders and system integrators rely on to keep machines humming. I'm Mike Bassador, Editor-in-Chief of Control Design, and in this episode, I'm joined by Kyle McLeod, Product Marketing Manager at Emerson Solar HD. We'll be talking about uninterruptible power supplies, their history and their place in the machine cabinet. This episode is also sponsored by Emerson. Uninterruptible power supplies are common devices found in almost every enclosure to protect against outages or disruptions. The uninterruptible power supply or UPS can vary in input or output ranges and a fundamental choice between alternating current and direct current needs to be made. Emerson's UPS knowledge and offerings span the spectrum from mounting suggestions to communication options, and I'm pleased to have Kyle join us. Welcome, Kyle. Can you tell us a little bit about your uh, background? Sure. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. Um, again, my name is Kyle McLeod, and I am the uh, product marketing manager here at Emerson uh, under our Sola HD brand, uh, so that's Sola Heavy Duty. Uh, I joined uh, the Sola HD uh, business about two years ago uh, as the product marketing manager. And then the, my previous experience uh, has been with Emerson as well, just in some other business units, uh, more on the direct sales side. Uh, and then I spent uh, the, pre, uh, the latter part of uh, seven years uh, with, with another large electrical uh, manufacturer in, in various uh, engineering and operations roles. So uh, in all, uh, coming up on about 17 years in the uh, electrical and uh, process control industry. Thanks for having me, Mike. You betcha. Great to have an industry veteran like yourself here. So can, can you start by explaining what a UPS is, how it works, and, and maybe even what, what is the state of the art for this technology right now? Sure, absolutely. Um, so so an, an uninterruptible power supply uh, or UPS, and, and I'm going to refer to it as a UPS. It's just a, lead, a little easier off the tongue. Uh, it, it's an electrical device that's designed to provide instantaneous backup power uh, when that primary power source experiences uh, disruptions or failures. So it, 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 in all, it really ensures the continuity of critical electrical equipment that's connected to it. Uh, and this this helps to prevent data loss, system crashes, and, and downtime during power outages or fluctuations. Uh, th this really acts as a as more of an inter intermediary between uh, the main power source and the connected devices, and, and it offers a seamless transition during power disturbances. So, in short, if you've got uh, equipment that you need to keep running. Uh, through any sort of power abnormality, a UPS is a great way to do it. So you'll plug the UPS into the wall or direct to the to the power source, and then you'll plug the equipment directly into the UPS. So anytime that power drops or has any sort of abnormality, the UPS will take over and they'll never be, uh, I guess the equipment will never face that uh, true outage and will continue to run. Uh, so within the UPS, uh, there's a few components that are critical uh, to, to, to the function of it. Uh, on the front end, there's a uh, rectifier and charger. There's a battery bank. And then there's an inverter on the back side. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit about how this actually works. So 
when the main power supply is available, so you have a solid, uh, in most cases, 120 volt AC or a 24 volt DC power source, uh, that a rectifier converts that current uh, to, to charge a battery that's within the unit. So when you have power, the battery is always keeping a charge. Uh, so, so when you actually lose that power connection, the battery has a full charge to take over. So simultaneously, that inverter converts the DC from the battery backup to AC or alternating current, which provides a stable power output to connected devices. In uh, the circumstance where you have a DC power direct from the battery, uh, it, it requires DC power, which is pretty standard in that process in uh, discrete automation industries, where you have DC powered devices downstream of, uh, of your UPS, uh, such as process instrumentation or uh, PLC equipment, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so realistically, in the out of uh, event of a power interruption, that stored energy in the battery is immediately released and it can maintain the power of the equipment. Uh, which is offer, offers a crucial time for either a graceful shutdown. And what I mean by that is a, a controlled shutdown, right? So right. Uh, the equipment can be powered down. Uh, your computers can, uh, you know, have the necessary uh, shutdown sequences uh, versus just a, an abrupt outage, which shuts your, uh, your equipment off, which I'm sure most of us uh, have faced that where uh, <laughs> you, you'll lose power and, uh, you know, you may be working on a PC and, and it just shuts off. And if you didn't have your work saved or, uh, uh, you know, a, a, any sort of proper shutdown, then then when you start back up, things to be uh, seem to be a, a little goofy on the, on the startup. And that's that's similar with with a lot of industrial equipment as well. Great. So what sort of input and output ranges uh, can be expected from from various UPS offerings? So. Input output ranges, like I mentioned, you know, you're, when you're talking about power, uh, there's there's three phase and single phase. Uh, we at Emerson focus more on the single phase, so it's more of your lower voltage equipment. Um, there are higher voltage UPSs available to get into more of that uh, three phase 480. Mm -hmm. uh, lar very large systems that can essentially back up um, entire buildings or entire data center facilities. Uh, so I'll focus more on the single phase, uh, just because that's that's what we're we're, we're more familiar with. Um, mm -hmm. So really, they come in various types, uh, each with distinct input/output voltage uh, ranges, which which are tailored to the different applications that you use them. Uh, with with UPSs, the the way we differentiate between the different types of UPSs is what we call topologies. So Really, there's three core topologies in the single phase UPS realm, uh, and the first one is a uh, is an offline or, or standby. They kind of go by both ranges, and and th these typically offer uh, input range ranges around plus or minus 15 percent of the nominal voltage. So, when you're looking at 120 volts, you know you're 15 percent uh, plus or minus at or, or 24 volt DC the same. Uh, and, th and that allows you to ensure power continuity during, you know, those minor fluctuations where you may have a, a voltage sag or a peak or a spike. Um, you're able to still ride through those without any uh, major disruption. If, if that 15 percent is not, uh, I guess, uh, within your specification of your equipment, you may move to the kind of next range, which we call line interactive. 
the line interactive actually has a built-in essentially a transformer right so it has a voltage regulator within the the actual unit itself that can give you a larger um, range of, uh, of of output uh, to your nominal voltage. And and if, if line interactive is still not enough, you have an even further, uh, more uh, a wider range UPS, which we call online or double conversion UPS. And this this can get you upwards of uh, plus or minus 25% from that nominal voltage. So uh, it, it really just kind of depends on uh, the criticality of your equipment uh and also the precision of of the the power that, that's necessary to 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 keep that equipment running so what about the the, the choice between uh ac and dc uh, how 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 do you typically make that that kind of decision yeah so it, it really just depends on the equipment that you're trying to protect uh with the ups so uh depending on the application and the requirements. So mm-hmm. in, in, in certain circumstances, you'll choose an AC UPS if your equipment uh, primarily operates on AC power. Sure. So, you know, looking at most uh, computers, servers, you know, different tor- uh, types of appliances, that's pretty standard. Uh, they're going to have AC power. So you'll use a uh, an AC UPS on the front end of that. Um, versus when you start getting into the autom- industrial automation um, uh, process control, you have a lot more DC-powered devices, right? So you may have a, uh, a DC UPS, which, which ultimately just d- depends on the, uh, the output voltage. So um, with an AC UPS, you're going you're gonna to output that AC power, and with a DC, you're going to output DC power. So it, it really just depends on uh, what type of machinery downstream of the UPS you're, uh, you're protecting. Certainly efficiency and, and voltages and, and redundancy and maintenance and cost considerations are can be a part of that as well, I, I assume. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so, and another thing uh, is, is really the actual backup time specification. So uh, if you need to run your equipment um, via a battery for, for upwards of, you know, uh, an hour, which which is sometimes the specification needed, you may uh, that may uh, help you decide what type of UPS is needed, uh, whether it's an AC output or a DC output, um, right. depending on what type of uh, you know how large of a battery bank you need too. So, uh, cost of course is always a concern with everything, right? Sure. And then uh, and and space really. Uh, right. A lot of the DC uh, equipment you will be stored in, in more of a control type cabinet. So space a lot of times is limited too. So that could be a, a deciding factor for uh, which which route you uh, you choose. Absolutely. Good, good points, good points. So everyone is data crazy these days. Data gathering is um, just, it, it, well, it continues to grow in, in importance. Everybody wants more data. And they're not really sure what they're going to use it for yet, but a lot of times uh, they just want all the data. So, I mean, as is it has it come to a point where there's UPS data, and and if there is, how can that be used by manufacturers? I mean, what what would a manufacturer use that kind of data for? Yeah, great great question, Mike. And you know, like you mentioned, this a lot of businesses are very data crazy, right? And and you're hearing a lot of uh, 
major strategic initiatives surrounding, uh, you know, digital transformation and right. uh, digitalization and big data. These are a lot of these kind of uh, industry buzzwords that are being sure. thrown around there. Um, but but in short, you know, what does that actually mean, right? What does that mean to the the engineer that's designing the cabinet? What does that mean to the customer that's utilizing the equipment? Uh, to me, it, it means, you know, how can we use data from our devices to make better decisions, right? And how can we um, use data to potentially predict failures, to um, reduce that kind of unplanned downtime that, that you know, can shut down facilities, that can slow down uh, uh, throughput uh, through a facility. So when you're talking about a UPS, you know, it, it's it's a critical device, right? It's it's a it's a critical device that protects your equipment. So, um, being able to pull data out of that UPS can really help to improve your operational excellence um, and 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 really drive towards that predictive maintenance uh, strategy versus uh, of a reactive maintenance, right? Which which a lot of businesses are still in that kind of reaction stage, right? Where they wait for things to break down, then they fix them. Um, versus, how about we have the equipment tell us that, hey, I'm starting to have issues. Uh, I may be breaking down soon, so that can drive more of a predictive uh, uh, approach. So, so with real-time UPS data, a lot of things we'll look at is, you know, it's your input-output voltages. So, being able to actually see those from an analog standpoint, a digital standpoint, uh, a live look into the to your power quality, uh, you can really look at you know your battery status. Are you have a do you have a full charge of your battery? Um, you know, especially if there's conditions like storms. I mean, uh, Mother Nature is uh, the number one culprit for a lot of these electrical issues, right? When you're starting to have lightning storms, strong winds, uh, the the grids are are challenged, right? And that's when the UPSs need to uh, be in their peak uh, performance. So. If you know bad weather's coming, a lot of folks will start really honing in on their data uh, from the UPS to make sure their batteries have good good load, good charge, and are ready to work, right? Are ready to be there when uh, when, when, when the, the line power can potentially go down. Um, another thing is, is load monitoring. So, um, yeah. you know, a lot of times we'll think about UPSs as just like a single application, but a lot of facilities will have, you know, some in some cases, several hundred UPSs across their fleet, right? So, mm -hmm. um, when you're when you're thinking of a, from a maintenance standpoint, that's you know several hundred different pieces of equipment, and this is electrical equipment, right? So it's it's reliable, but uh, like all things, you know, all equipment uh, wears over time. Batteries specifically, right? They they become uh, the more you know. Think about your cell phone. That's that's the example I like to give. Is <laughs> cell phone batteries are constantly being used and charged every day, and over time, you'll you'll notice your cell phone can't hold the charges as much as as good as it was able to right when it came out of the box, right? So mm -hmm. these batteries start to wear down over time. So uh, we, we use that data and customers use that data to uh, know when they're ready to change a battery. Um, sure. So there's a lot of different ways to use data, but uh, we're seeing a lot more folks want that data available to them. Um, so, you know, us at Emerson are really trying to make it available through through some different forms of communication. Right. 
Right. Well, and you mentioned uh, shutdowns before. Well, I can't remember the the way you described the the shutdown. Um, for oh, like PCs. A, gra a graceful shutdown. Graceful shutdown. That's the one. Yes, for uh, for PCs and PLCs especially, um, that comes in very handy because uh, a lot of those contain data that uh, you'll want to have captured, essentially. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's another great feature that that a lot of the GPSs are are really starting to um, strive toward is 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 having uh, built in uh, shutdown commands. So basically, when you lose a uh, power to your equipment, the UPS is connected to whether it be via you know a, a network or a direct connect to that sort that uh. Uh, in most cases, it's 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 an industrial PC or a PLC, mm -hmm. um, and it can it can push out a command uh, to begin a shutdown process. Right, so right. you lose line power. Now you're running on a battery. Uh, the UPS will tell the equipment, "All right, I'm on battery mode. Let's shut down because I'd rather have a controlled shutdown than just an abrupt shutdown, which which can really slow down." Uh, uh, you know the 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 efficiency of the of the of the plant that's utilizing yeah. the equipment. Right, absolutely. So so in terms of that communication, then uh, what protocols uh, are needed for for connecting a UPS? Say. Yeah, yeah, good question. It's it, you know it's really all over the place. <laughs> We're sure. and and it really is kind of dependent on um, what application you're using it for, right? So. Um, if you're using a UPS to just back up your computer at home, uh, you may just have a direct connect via a UPS or a, sorry, a USB cable. Um, but, mm -hmm. but in most uh, control environments, we're looking at some of the control um, protocols, which, which we're getting more and more towards the Ethernet based uh, control right. protocols. So you'll see a lot of the Ethernet IP protocols, Modbus TCP, uh, Profinet uh, in, in Europe, and, and even some of this uh, EtherCAT, which, which is starting to, to grow a little more in the uh, material handling space, mm -hmm. where you need more of the long clustered runs. Um, and, and, there's, and then also just basic discrete communication, right? So uh, a lot of customers may not have these, you know, large scale Ethernet networks, but they still want to know you know, does their UPS have a, a battery issue? Do they have low batteries? So you can also just get a discrete type of communication that uh, is really just a dry contact uh, connection that will output a, you know, low bat, good bat, uh, right? A fault, no fault. So very basic, but but still meaningful um, communication. Right. Yeah. The red light, green light. Yep. Stop exactly. <laughs> the discrete. Yes. Yeah, so, it's, it's interesting. I it, just just to to touch on that a little more. We're we're seeing, um, you know, a lot more customers demand communication out of their devices, and and I've been mm -hmm. asking a lot of the folks that that are doing this. Just you know, I like to ask them why because right. it's it's good to know um, for for our business and really just for the industry of why they're doing this and. Um, and it all comes back to is we the the UPS needs to be reliable, right? Because mm -hmm. it's 
it's a um, it's a backup power device, right? So if it doesn't work when the power goes out, then their plant's going to shut down and <laughs> they're going to lose millions of dollars. So, right, that's a big problem. You know, yes. Yeah, this UPS it may it may cost a couple hundred bucks, but it's it needs to be reliable and it needs right. to operate. Um, so they'd rather know and, and get as much data out of it as possible. So finding a place uh, for the UPS, typically not a uh, not an issue, but g- given the premium on cabinet space these days, I mean, more and more components are coming out of the cabinet now and going on in the machine with IP67 and 69K protection. Uh, but what about the UPS and, and mounting or footprint considerations? Uh, what what sort of things do cabinet uh, builders need to take into consideration? It, it, good question, Mike. Because this comes up very often with uh, with my customers because I usually am on the front end of design with them, right? So we're we're working on cabinet design, and the UPS can be a large component uh, when you're talking about a control uh, cabinet because of the battery, right? Mm-hmm. Because a battery is in, in nature is a larger device sure. compared to terminal blocks and you know some of these smaller PLCs. So what we see mostly is we is DIN rail mount, right? Because that's typical in in the control uh, side. There's there's uh, tower mount, which is essentially just a stand-up mount, and then there's even the uh, rack mount. So that's more typical in a uh, server room or data center, which is the uh, the basic 19-inch racks. So they all they come in all the different types and flavors. But uh, if we're talking industrial automation and that kind of IP67 space, then it's a DIN rail mount. And a lot of folks are even moving towards putting the batteries uh, external to their to their control cabinets because really? there, there's options where you can have a, a battery uh, mounted to the exterior of the cabinet, which saves DIN rail space, and it comes in its own uh, NEMA 12 enclosure, so it's still mm-hmm. protected. Um, so it really kind of depends on uh, you know how much space they have. Uh, what, what, and actually, uh, a recent application, which um, was a retrofit job. So this is, uh, you know, cabinets that already exist and, and are installed in the in the factory floor. Right. Um, the uh, end user said, "Hey, I want to add a UPS to it." So I'm working with the uh, with the engineering team, uh, and they're showing me schematics of their cabinets that are full to the brim with equipment already. Right. So mm-hmm. right. Uh, we're we're faced with uh, coming up with creative ways to uh, to fit in a UPS. Uh, uh, in that in that instance, we're uh, we're looking heavily towards using some of these external batteries. So right. it, can, it can be critical when it comes to the design of the cabinet. Right. Yeah, it's amazing how many uh, different components are finding their way out of the cabinet and and uh, externally mounted or or mounted you know directly on the machine in certain places anymore with the different protections, whether it's NEMA for uh, power or the um, uh, wash down capabilities. Absolutely. So I have a, a couple more uh, little deeper dive uh, questions. I know your time is. Uh, very valuable, but uh, I did want to ask you, uh, in terms of uh, main control power, for example, why should that be? Why should that go through a UPS? 
Yeah, great question. I, it's it's really kind of dependent on the equipment, right? That's on the backside of the of, of the of the uh, the power. So if it's deemed as critical equipment that is necessary to run your operation, we're seeing more and more customers specify UPSs on the front end. So um, a lot of the uh, one of the space where we're seeing a lot of uh, traction is in the material handling space, which you know we're thinking distribution centers and you know the way that our um, you know packages are being sent now. Uh, distribution centers are a work of uh, art, and if you haven't ever been in one, it's uh, some of these modern DCs. They are extremely imp- impressive, sure. right? So, yeah. um, but they're all very electrical heavy. Uh, and, and, and they all need to run, um, in this kind of, uh, uh, you know, artistic way where all things need to work together. And if, if you, if you lose, uh, power to certain components, uh, along that, uh, that line, then the integration of all the equipment, uh, is off and you can't ship, uh, packages out the door. So UPSs are becoming nearly standard in, in industries like that. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, you know, healthcare, uh, this is another very growing uh, industry for UPSs. So if you think of any sort of uh, critical healthcare equipment, um, like ventilators, for instance, right? That's mm-hmm. obviously a very hot topic over the sure. recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, if you lose power to your uh, hospital, you don't want the ventilator shutting right so off. So they'll have uh, UPSs to kind of bridge that gap uh, between uh, before the generators uh, kick in. But uh, really, to me, it's it's around uh, the data integrity, uh, the criticality of the equipment, and really just the owner's choice of of what they want to protect with with the UPS. Uh, so, so my last question: de- devices like. Power filters, capacitive filters, uh, metal oxide barristers, coil suppression and freewheeling diodes on DC coils. I mean, all that stuff, has that stuff been replaced by the UPS or what? I mean, what is the relationship? Yeah, it's. I haven't seen a full replacement of it. You know, what we see, we still see a lot of those devices in the field. Um, your, your filters, your, uh, your MOVs, um, but what the UPS does, you know, it's, it's really serving more as that backup power situation, right? So a lot of those devices more are on, um, you know, mitigating issues like noise, uh, front edge voltage spikes, uh, inductive kickback. So we still see a lot of those devices in the field, but what we're seeing more and more of, and especially with the innovation, a lot of these UPSs is we're building in a lot more filtering. We're building in a lot more, um, you know, voltage regulation. And so you may see customers moving away from these higher cost uh, uh, front end filters because they're built into the UPS already. So um, I think we're in that kind of transition stage where a lot of these electronic devices, such as UPSs, will start to take over um, and and have more um, built-in functionality that that may replace uh, some of these, uh, I would say, older technology, right, with with some of the capacitive filters and MOVs. You know, you definitely still see them out there, but, um, you know, as 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 these products innovate and um, advance, uh, mm-hmm. 
they become more powerful and uh, can can handle um, more power abnormalities. Right, almost like our our phones contain calculators and flashlights too, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, cameras like you know, you used to right, always have right. a, a camera with you. You'd have a phone, you know, you'd have your flip phone with you. You may have a flashlight if it's nighttime, and now you just sure. got one device, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Well, well, thanks so much, Kyle. Thanks for taking the time to uh, to talk with me. You've certainly provided some great information and excellent suggestions for engineers uh, designing cabinets and using uh, uninterruptible power supplies. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Mike. You bet. And thanks to our sponsor, uh, Emerson. And thanks, of course, to our listeners for joining us on Control Intelligence. If you've enjoyed this episode of Control Intelligence, don't miss our older episodes and subscribe to find new podcasts in the future. You can find our podcast library at controldesign.com or download all episodes via Apple Podcasts or Google Play.